1: Welcome to Bink at Night, and hey, welcome back to Bink at Night. Don't forget, at training camp this Saturday and Sunday, we get a nice little tent out there. Is the home of the Kansas City Chiefs, and we'll bring you football, football, and football. And I'm pretty sure NFL Network, our next guest, will be bringing us football, football, and football. You've heard it before. It's Mark Ross. Spending 11 years with the New York Giants, winning two Super Bowls. Also, time. With the Bills and the Eagles, and he's in the Ivy League Hall of Fame. Former Princeton guy, my guy Mark Ross from NFL Network. You can catch him on Twitter, at Mark Ross. That's M-A-R-C Ross. You can see Mark throughout the week on NFL Network's NFL Now, starting at noon, Kansas City time. Mark, good evening. How are you, sir?
0: Excellent, excellent. Always a pleasure.
1: Always a pleasure, Mark. Are you as ready as I am because... You know, we, we kind of got we we I'm, we kind of got robbed last year. I'll be honest with you, because it seemed like, you know, you had the Chiefs, the parade, the shutdown, boom. They're starting the season without training camp and everything. It just it didn't feel like we had the the time we needed last year.
0: Right. It was obviously you know unprecedented what happened last year with the pandemic and everybody just trying to get adjusted, just figure out what was happening, what was going on, and you know anything normal like celebrations that that. Fell so by the wayside and wasn't that much importance. It was about the health and safety of the players and the staffs and the organization. Sure. So, hey, just go out there and win another one this year, and then you can go do the whole. You go parade next year.
1: Hey, Mark, what do you, what are you making of this? Because uh, Andrew Howard from NFL Network sent something out on communications. Obviously, talking about the coverage you guys are going to have, which is incredible. But also, he put something on here. I found interesting. You go back to two thousand. 10 of the 31 teams, 32%, had training camps um, away from home. So there, there was only 10 teams, or excuse me, home training camps. There was 10 out of 31. Now we have 27 of the 32 teams having training camp at home, the highest we've had in the last 21 years. The Chiefs, one of four teams to have training camp outside of Kansas City. The Washington football team does for five games in their back at their home place. Is this a byproduct last year Marcus? something I was afraid of With all these teams having those home training camps last year. They might get kind of used to it and it appears they have.
0: Yeah, it's a combination of things. So, I've done this with both with the Eagles, Bills, and with the Giants where had had home and away, and it was a byproduct of number 1, the old facilities that teams used to have. You couldn't really have training camp there especially with the expansion of fans being there, the fan experience and all the games and everything that goes on with it. So you couldn't have that there. That's why teams had to go away and kind of take over college campuses where they had to have enough space to do it. But now with all these teams building these immaculate, gorgeous, huge practice facilities with much, much more space, they were able to to do it and house the training camp there. So that that was a combination of things. And if you ask staff, they like – not having to move the the IT guys, don't have to just get the computers and change the video guys, don't have to switch everything. If you can just stay at your own place and be comfortable and do it, I think most people with teams uh, would rather do that. But also last year I think teams learned, okay, we, we have a new way of doing things, and I think you'll see this more with meetings and such, that we don't have to have scouts flying all over, coaches doing all this. We can do much more things efficiently and effectively and not spend a lot of money traveling. Uh, to just to, to do things in house more so than than outsource
1: things. What did you prefer personally, Mark? Like outside the IT stuff and all that, did you did you think there was any camaraderie oh. to be built between teammates? No,
0: I think uh, we and actually we had uh, with, with Coach Coughlin when we made the switch. He was apprehensive because he was just so old school. But our we had a guy actually do a study about teams that you know, the teams that stayed home and stays that went away and there really wasn't a difference. So I guess really? there was no winning edge of going away. But that's the you know, that's the nice thing to say to build the camaraderie, but there really was no winning edge for teams uh, going away. So uh, myself I, I like staying, sleeping in my own bed and, and those sort of things, uh, being in your own office and and I think most people kind of prefer that.
1: One thing that you guys are gonna do with uh at NFL network uh uh Mark is uh some, I know Peter King in his column a couple months ago, he said something there could be like a midnight madness since all the teams are practicing, except the ones in the Hall of Fame game or the first game of the season. But a majority of the teams, 29 of them, are basically starting on the same day. But you guys are doing, uh, you know, you're, they're calling it training camp back together, fueled by Gatorade, and you're going to have 13 hours of live coverage. I mean, I love this stuff. I eat this stuff up. they send sending you to a training camp or whatever because I'll be honest with you, I like this concept.
0: Oh well, that's one thing. As you know, the NFL knows how to create. They do uh, a, a revenue. They create content. They do it. It's amazing. And last, but really, started getting with the network where I saw it firsthand. It's like we want to talk about this Why? just because people watch it. So let's do it. You know, <laughs> let's do it. Let's market it. People will watch it, and let's make money. Let's make revenue off of it. And it really is amazing how they're doing this uh, with the training camps, and I well, there's seven thousand preseason games they're going to show like back to back, and it's <laughs> insane what they're doing. Here with with that. And, uh, you know, the March Madness thing will probably come, and I'm sure they'll find more ways to inside a meeting room. Eventually, we'll get to that where they'll show, you know, more expanded, kind of hard knock sort of thing. So, you know, the NFL, it really is brilliant. Uh, You know, there's a reason why, besides the the intrigue of the game itself and the stars and the players, but they do know how to create uh, intrigue with the game and no matter what it is.
1: Mark, they're, they're smart about what they do. I bring it up all the time. I mean, you think about something as. You know, like the schedule release. They used to come out. Nobody made a big deal of it. But, you know, we're sitting there seeing the morning shows with the NFL partners, you know, putting out a game, the first week's game. And then you had websites kind of trying to put the schedules together. Then, of course, at night we got them all. But I never hit refresh so much in one day. But the NFL can take something so minuscule, put a special on on TV, and we, the consumers that love the NFL, just eat up the product. Like, they know it. We like it. It's in our conscious. Something as simple as a schedule release dominated the airwaves.
0: Yeah, it's, and again, and as I said, it's amazing. The first thing that kind of with me was at the at the combine when I would be at the combine and we're all timing and we're sitting there all day long. It's dragging, and once once the NFL Network started showing it, I'm saying, why would people just want to see guys just running and jumping? And sure enough, but, you know, I'm sitting there working, and friends and family texting me like, Hey, man, what about this guy? I'm like, You guys, why are you guys watching this? Go do something with your your kids or something. But people love football, and no matter what aspect of it. They want to watch it. They want to be inside. They want they want to see everything because you know the, the fans are that passionate about everything and feel like, hey, we're seeing you know nonstop what's happening with our teams, and that's what the NFL has done. Let's create a nonstop, 24-7, 12-months-a-year 12, 12 uh, content for our fans.
1: Mark gets it. He's a Princeton guy. He's also got two Super Bowl rings from the Giants in the front office. You can catch Mark throughout the week on NFL Network's NFL Now starting at noon Central And, Mark, Melvin Ingram signed with the Steelers today. Uh, He was very limited and very careful in some of his visits. I know he visited Kansas City. He visited the Dolphins. I did not rule it out for Kansas City, especially with the Frank Clark situation. You don't know what the leverage would. Why do you think it took Melvin Ingram so long? Because was he part of that third wave that the GMs were talking about that would sign right before training camp? Do you think he wanted multiple-year deals? He only signed a one-year deal. And do you think he wanted to play for a contender? Why do you think the Melvin Ingram thing finally happened?
0: Yeah, well, I think we kind of talked about this with certain people where, you know, he's, he is an injury. And that's the thing you don't know when you're with free agency is, okay, you know who's a good player, you know the value of the contract. But then once you start uh, digging into the medical history of these guys and what injuries they have, uh, that's when it becomes a concern and you don't know from the outside exactly how severe some of these injuries are. You say, okay, he had a knee injury, he'll be better. But you don't know once uh, you get the guy how severe that injury is. So, uh, obviously, I think that might have scared a lot of teams away. Like it's a knee injury, but maybe there was something in there that a bunch of doctors were, were not sure about. So, with the combination of him maybe saying, you know what, I'm worth more and I'm not just going to go you know, somewhere for a proven contract and I want to go to a winner. You know, He probably held a little bit of cards with where he wanted to go. But also, I think there are certain things, uh, from his aspect with the injury, that's always, always an issue for teams, and you want to make sure if you're paying someone some money that they're okay. So I think that might have played a part.
1: Yeah, I definitely wanted to see Melvin Ingram. I'm always like watching him play, and uh, I've been hoping for that one. Like I was Juju, and I'm over two. And guys, I want to see the Chiefs. <laughs> we almost got Juju though. Almost got him. I'm not. I'm still holding out hope uh, that eventually the Chiefs will. But Mark, coming from a front office perspective, I'm going to ask you this: uh, talent-wise. A uh, question. Will Shields, the Hall of Famer, was on this morning, and he was talking about, you know, it's kind of a combination. Do we as fans in the media make more of, you know, guys on the offensive line not playing together? But I'll say this. The Chiefs are going to have a brand-new offensive line. Unless Rimmers, he might be the one guy still on this offensive line, unless LDT could, could be part of it too. But they could have a couple rookies starting on this offensive line. They did show up to OTAs. They did show up to minicamp. How much time do you think, like Orlando Brown, Joe Tooney, these new guys, plus Creed Humphrey, the drafted center, how much time does an offensive line need to start gelling together? You've seen this plenty of times in the league with linemen that came back, played together. They know there's actually a lineman language that they have. But how much time do you think a line needs to gel?
0: Yeah, I think the more continuity you can have as an O-line, I think the stronger you can be, you know, with the Giants teams, we didn't have a lot of superstars there, but with those guys played together so long and they were so comfortable with each other that they kind of, you know, were a solid group, a solid, really good group that, that helped us win. Um, so it's hard to just throw a bunch of guys together and 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 hopefully it's a success. But the, the good thing is, you know, Andy Reid, he overcomes, he he knows how to adapt, he knows how to adjust, um, and, and he knows. Uh, I think they've got a really good group there when you're talking about a an Ar- and vet and Orlando Brown. Joe Tooney, one of the best in the league. Um, so I think w- when you got guys like that, it makes it a-, a lot easier to throw them together. But I think there still might be some growing pains with that, and especially by who's going to start. So despite a lot of the moves that Casey made, and there's still a lot of question marks. And then you mentioned Mike Remmers, and if they trot him out there again uh, at right tackle to start, that could be a concern, and, you know, you look at O lines, and it's not about, hey, we got one star and four averages. You know, teams attack, defenses attack that weak link, and unfortunately for you guys, you, Mike Remmers has been attacked. I think a couple of weeks ago it was Von Miller's birthday. They were showing the Super Bowl highlights, and there was, there was Mike Remmers. And so it, that's going to be a huge question mark for me, unless one of these young guys can step up or someone else moves a position and play right tackle. Um, so, but, but definitely they need to play and they need to play together for a while to, to have that continuity, the, the more, the better.
1: Speaking of Vaughn Miller and the Denver Broncos, he's always showing a lot of respect towards the Kansas city chiefs. They haven't beaten the chiefs since Peyton Manning and Peyton Manning's wow. getting ready to go in the hall of fame. It's been 11 straight. They're eight and two wow. in the last 10 against the Raiders, one 11, in the last 13, eight and two against the chargers or 12 and two in the last 14. They beaten the Broncos 11 in a row and the chiefs have won five straight divisions do you see any team ready in this division? I'm not talking outside. They're just in the AFC West ready to take that step forward. Now there's that fun little back and forth with Mahomes and Justin Herbert, you know, the golf course and all that. But, you know, defensive coordinator as the head coach, they passed on Eric Bieniemy, a former charger, a guy that played in the Super Bowl with them to go defensive mind. Justin Herbert didn't have to audible in front of full fans last year. There could be a difference. Is there any team in this division that, that you think will wake up and say, all right, Chiefs, we got you. We're going to give you a run for this division.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's an amazing stat, by the way. That, thats I mean, I know the Chiefs have been dominant, but that's thats unbelievable. It's insane.
1: Andy Reid, 31-5 and in the last five years against this division. They are 15-1 and one on the road in the last two years, Mark.
0: That is incredible. I, I, that's incredible. I, it really is. I, I don't know if that's been done before in the division. That, that's incredible. But that being said, yeah, if, if it is a team, I don't think the Raiders are it. Definitely don't think the Broncos. It would be the Chargers, and I don't think they're they're at the Chiefs level yet. I don't know if they'll get there, but they're they're the one team with promise. They have the quarterback. Uh, of course, it'll be different as you mentioned year two with different coordinator, uh, with the fans, all that adversity he has to face. But you know, they they were seven and nine, lost seven games by one possession, and we know and you saw how bad some of those losses that yeah. they had, or they just completely just you know 95 percent chance of winning and they just gave up those games so they were really a playoff team last year had a lot of injuries you know uh but uh, you finish seven and nine your record is what it is but they do have a lot of talent they do have uh, the up-and-coming quarterback apparently uh, it'll just be if this new coach the new staff can keep the same sort of positives that they had as a squad uh and mitigate the negatives
1: mark uh will we see the enemy get a head coaching job after this year
0: I hope so. Yeah, I really do. And it's, it's, it's really, it's, it's really something that's just puzzling because, and I, and, uh, and then we may, I think we talked about this before. Mm-hmm. Will, will it go away? It won't go away because you guys, you know, let's, you know, let's something bad happens. Let's just talk about if Mahomes is still Mahomes and the team's a team. They're, you guys are going to be good again, right? in the thick of it again. So here it is. Okay. The offensive coordinator and the one of the best offenses in the league with one of the best quarterbacks. And, uh, you know, it's just mind, it's just really mind boggling. And, you know, Eric Bieniemy was on. Um, you know, this summer I don't know if you heard about mm-hmm. the you know, the Bill Walsh Fellowship for yep. coaches, and he presented on there with Mahomes. And when he's just on there, it's it just. And I've known him. Uh, you know, his last year in the NFL, we brought him in with with the Eagles uh, as a, as a running back, and and he had that leadership. You could see that even then, even though he was on his last leg. I mean, he had it then. But then, just and I've seen him here and there. But of, of course. Seeing him on this symposium, the way he talked and presented and and the the relationship he had with Patrick Mahomes, he was on there with him, and then he presented by himself. It's just unbelievable the way this guy is. I mean, he's just a born leader, a natural leader, someone that you want to command a room, someone you want leading your team. So he deserves it, and I hope he gets it.
1: Final question for you, Mark Ross, NFL Network. Kind of join us live here at night. Uh, Mark, when, when you think about the Chiefs, how unusual is it? To have, for three straight years, they've had A.D. Reed, Eric Biennemi, Mike Kafka on the offense. The same offensive staff, except for running back coach, Dylan McCullough, that went uh, back to Indiana. But Spagnola, Dave Merritt, Sam Madison, Matt Howell. I mean, basically, they added a few different guys on defense, but not much. It is essentially the same coaching staff that has gone to three straight AFC title games, two straight Super Bowls. Like, to me, it's baffling like just how many coaches are back. I mean, that, that's an unusual thing in the NFL.
0: It really is. When you're the, the, the best team and the standard bearer team, you, you usually get rated. Your staff usually gets rated, but this hasn't happened with K, KC, And fortunately for the team and your and the fan base and, and Andy Reid that he can keep that same crew together. But he, that's one thing with Andy. And I worked with him back in the day. He always knew how to hire good coaches. And, he, you know, he always had, we always had great coaching staffs. and guys left and you replace it with another great coach. And, he really does have an eye uh, for that. And then, so, you know, I've got, we've got the, the Eagles crew there of, of coaches that I know with Andy, but also the Giants crew as well with, with uh, you know, Spaggs who started silly but, you know, nope. made his bones with, with the Giants winning the Super Bowl, Dave Merritt, St. Madison, all those guys. So he's got a really good uh, mix of, of coaches uh, from both t- from the tenure with the Eagles and then some, some Giants uh, with Giants ties that I know. So, you know, those guys are well-deserved. I've known Dave Merritt, he should get a shot. Somewhere, uh, you know, just as a coordinator, an outstanding coach. But just you just go down the line, it's just a, a really outstanding group of coaches.
1: Well, you know what, Mark? I said final question, but Peyton Manning had made a comment that Brady might have 10 Super Bowls or more, if not for his mom. They created Eli Manning, that won two of them, and Manning knocked, <laughs> Peyton knocked him out of three playoffs. He might be right about that.
0: Yeah, you're 100% right about that. I mean, how about that? They, you know, the really – <laughs> brothers that they're beating them. And, hey, and I say this all the time with our two Super Bowls now, it wasn't like we crushed those guys. I mean, it was, you know, historic plays that it took to, to beat them, and yeah. to beat Tom Brady. And, really, they had the game in their hands with Ashante Samuel, those 07-drop interception before the helmet catch. And, uh, you know, West in 2011, Wes Welker had the, the big drop on third down before the the Manningham the Manning the Manningham catch on the sideline. So, I mean, really two historic blunders by his team and, and two historic Plays by art by the Giants that really uh, he would have definitely had two more.
1: But you know what though, Mark, you got the job done. You got the bling. Mm-hmm. All right, you got the job done. I mean, That's football right. comes down to a few plays. You got the <laughs> job done, and you have the rings to prove it. Mark Ross, NFL Network. Check him out each and every day on uh, NFL Network's NFL Now, starting at noon, Kansas City time. Follow him on Twitter at Mark Ross. One of the best in the business. Thanks, Mark. Always a pleasure. There you go, Mark Ross, right there, NFL Network.